Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. We are so excited to be bringing you uh, really a, a special podcast for the Keller Church. Uh, we, we know that this is uh, for the Keller Church, but it's also hopefully going to encourage and edify uh, anyone who listens to it, as it is a very biblical concept that we're going to be talking about. But before we get into it, before I turn this over to Dylan to introduce what we'll be talking about, I do want to give a brief update uh, on really the finals, the final totals of our fundraiser. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've done it. We've just been waiting for uh, some physical checks to come in and making sure that we've got all our ducks in a row and, uh, and know exactly how much money we've raised. And uh, we are so excited uh, to announce that the total number of donations that we received during the podcast itself and during those, those three days that we allotted was $6,405, which is absolutely incredible. Um, on top of that, we have matching funds uh, that are, if not right at 6000 just a little bit over. We're waiting on one, uh, one more person to, uh, I guess, let us know how much they're going to be willing to do. So we are really sitting at, at, at a grand total of money raised for church camps of $13,000. And uh, we, man, we are just so happy and so excited about that. And uh, can't thank you guys enough. This this was all because of, of you, the viewer, the listener, the uh, the donor, the, the, the generous, generous heart that you have. And, and we, we cannot thank you enough. So uh, $13,000 has been raised for church camps across the nation. And um, man, what a, just what a wonderful thing that is. So uh, that's just a quick update of, of what we have uh, been able to do through, uh, through God's good graces and through your generosity. And uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to turn it over to Dylan and uh, we will, begin talking about our, uh, I guess, our topic today. Yeah, um, I want to echo what Chris was saying. Uh, thank you to everyone for your generosity. Um, this is an amazing fundraiser, um, amazing thing that uh, we're blessed to be a part of and, and to put on. Um, and Chris, I like your preacher count there. Um, you know, it, let's just call it 13,000. <laughs> no, there is, there's something to be said about rounding up just feels it feels better (laughs) (laughs) yeah well um today we're going to be talking about unity which um i'm really excited about because this coming sunday uh we are unveiling a theme here at Catholic church of christ uh for the year of 2021 and that theme is going to be one uh encouraging people to um to find the oneness that we we share together um, in the body of Christ. And, and when you talk about unity, when you talk about oneness, I'm sure y'all would agree with me. One of the first places your mind goes is to thinking about the body of Christ, how we are um, in one body. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead, Dan. No, I'll just step in here for a minute since I've been the silent one in <laughs> this trio. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I think, I think Ephesians 4 is kind of the place we go to when we think about unity you know um that one lord one one faith that that's a great passage yeah i uh, absolutely yeah I, I love that passage in fact i think uh, I, I i preach on that passage at least with the uh you know with the teens with the youth group uh quite often and one of the passages that has kind of struck me as is, is very similar to it 
uh, is Galatians three towards the end of it. You know, the Galatians three twenty six through the end, right? For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you, if you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to promise. I think this idea of unity is, is, is so rife throughout scripture. The idea of being one uh, that we really do ourselves a disservice when we don't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, Paul even echoes the same thoughts um, in Ephesians chapter two as well, you know, b- about verse 11 through the end of the chapter, he talks about um, being one in Christ. He talks about, you know, you're not a, you're not a Jew, you're not a Gentile, you're, you're a Christian. Um, and so it's, it's really cool, especially the wording throughout Ephesians chapter two there, um, how he talks about Christ killing the hostility uh, between, uh, between these races, really. Um, but as we move into what we're talking about today in Ephesians chapter four, I think the really cool thing is, yeah, it talks about unity among Christians, um, among people, but, um, I think there's even more than that. When you look at, um, the oneness that we're, we're reading about here in chapter four, it's, it's talking about the church as a whole and, um, and, all of the characteristics that really go along with the church as well. Um, so if y'all don't mind, I'm going to read for a little bit um, out of Ephesians chapter four, just a couple of different parts, and then we can talk about it and uh, get some thoughts. So um, Ephesians chapter four, I'm just going to start in verse one and go through verse six. It says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the both peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And when we read through this, it's it's really cool to see like, okay, yeah, there's, there's seven ones that Paul points out here. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, you know, to, to just name a few. But I was, I was really studying this. One of the things that thoughts that kept popping into my mind is why did he start listing out these ones? What, what was the purpose of that? And that's the kind of the question I want to um, ask y'all as we begin this study here. Uh, why did Paul start listing these ones? What, what was the purpose of that? Did he just think it was a pretty cool list of, of things that he could write. You know, this is one, this is one. Um, what are y'all thinking? Well, I'll go ahead and jump in real quick. Um, I've never really thought about it in that regard as to why Paul mentioned these particular ones. Uh, but, but as you know, as you pose the question as my brain started turning, uh, pretty slowly right now, but, uh, <laughs> as it started turning, you know, these seem to be the cornerstones, the foundational principles and aspects of what it is to be a Christian. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as we talk about one, uh, starting in verse four, right? One body, well, the body of Christ, right? The church itself, and you got one spirit. Well, there is the Holy Spirit, uh, the one hope, right? That belongs to your call. Well, Jesus Christ is the only hope. Uh, one Lord, well, that's God the Father, one faith. You know, shall not have faith in anything else. No other idols, no other gods, nothing. Only God, one baptism. Uh, and while there are multiple types of baptisms that we see in the New Testament, there's only one that forgives sins. There's only one that saves. 
and then one God and father of all. It's just, it really is an interesting list, but it's a very foundational list. It's a very um, basic list. You know, it's the beginning of Christianity. It's, uh, it's, it's your, you know, your starter kit essentially, right? Your starter kit of Christianity is, is having all of these things. And uh, so I think when you start with the foundations, when you start with a baseline, it's a lot easier to move on from there as opposed to trying to run before you can crawl. So exactly. And uh, your phrase starter kit is actually um, a really good summarization of it. But before I continue on, and do you have any thoughts with this? I don't know what Chris mentioned are all good thoughts. And you know, <clears throat> he, he, by the way, he does mention talk about cornerstone and Ephesians two twenty when he talks about Christ being the, the chief cornerstone uh, you know, it all, it all really starts, starts there. And so there's a lot to be said for that. And also what you had mentioned earlier, uh, back in Ephesians two, you know, and, and, uh, and, and verses 11 really there where, it, where it starts talking about this division between, uh, Jew and, uh, Gentile, you, you have to step into the first century world, you know, it, it, like, like any good student of the Bible, you know, you, you, uh, you, you go back in time and you try to understand the, the situation that was present there in those times. And, uh, you know, that's a lot what, of what Paul, the apostle, is having to, to deal with, is trying to um, create this uh, unity between um, these, these different races and parties of people, you know, who are now being reconciled into one body, one body. You know, he says in Ephesians two sixteen, which is the church, and so you, you, then you come in Ephesians four, and two things I think kind of happen. I won't go long, but you know, I think two things happen. One is that 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 part right there with you know you're 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 dealing with Jew and Gentile, and then also you know in Ephesians you, you're you're talking to a people who live in a city that Ephesians you know Ephesus wow you know <laughs> intellectual mighties you know that that live here. And so it's kind of twofold, you know, Hey, you know, walk with lowliness of, of my, you know, of, of uh, your bear with one another in love and walk worthy in all lowliness and gentleness. So that, that oneness is so important because of the differing peoples that are coming into the church. And because that's, that's our aim. Our aim is to be one and not exalted above the other. Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a really good point there with setting it back in the first century. You, you got to think about to when this was written. You got to think about to um, the, the culture that they're writing it in. It's a very divided culture. There's Jew and there's Gentile. And Paul isn't just saying, hey, get along for the sake of getting along. He's saying, y'all are, are one in Christ. That, that's the, the whole point is that um, he's not just saying y'all can stay, remain Jew and Gentile, just get along with one another. He's saying, forget that you're a Jew, forget that you're a Gentile, you're a Christian. Um, and I think that's, that's really when we bring it back to the 21st century and look at our, our world today. That's why we don't see unity in our world today because people say, Hey, be who you are. I'm going to be who I am. Just love one another. And that message while it's a great message, it doesn't change lives because in order to become one, we have to become the same thing. And that's Christian. That's what Paul is preaching here. You become one when you become the same thing as the other person um, or, or one body in Christ. And so back to what you were kind of saying, Chris, about the, um, 
the the basics of our faith. Um, that's really where my mind went when I was looking at this this list of seven ones is why did he start listing these out? Well, he's really describing the one way back to heaven. He's really describing um, how how you get back home, uh, what it means to be a Christian. I mean, that's what he says in verse one. He's urging them to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. And then he says, um, this is the road that you're going to walk on. The road is this one, one body, one spirit with one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. And so if you want to be walking on this road um, in a manner that is, is worthy of your calling, then this is the way. This is how the, the church is set up. This is the, the absolutes of the church that just cannot change. So um, yeah. that's, that's really just how I want to begin our, our look into Ephesians chapter 4. You know, I, I think it's important to recognize what Paul says in verse two here um, is it, you know, verse two kind of follows up with the idea of working in a uh, walking in a manner worthy of the calling. Right. And then verse two says you walk with all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. And then verse three continues on with eager, right? eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I think those two verses there, two and three, you know, the, the way in which you walk kind of encapsulates all of this idea of all of the seven ones, right? Mm-hmm. It, it takes humility. It takes gentleness. It takes patience, right? It takes bearing with one another in love. It, it's, you know, you're, you're eager to maintain the unity. Well, if you're eager to do something, you want to do it, right? You have a desire to see it done. You you know, if you're eager to go to a baseball game, you're looking forward to it. You're buying the tickets months in advance, right? You're wanting to go. You're wanting to do this. You're going to do everything you can to get there. Well, if you're eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, well, you are doing everything you can to be peaceful, to be, uh, to be loving, to be kind, right? All of these things. And I think when we have a desire to be unified in Christ is when things will truly start to turn around for the better. Yep. Well, yeah. So um, much of oh, what go ahead, mentioned. Dan. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Dylan. You keep us going. No, I, I was going <laughs> to move on, but if you had another thought with this, go ahead. Uh, all I was going to mention was uh, the, 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 those verbs, you, you know, that, that Chris really stressed. They, they speak so much to attitude, don't they? And I think, um, you know, we're Bible conversations. We want people to have a conversation. And I know that's going to be one of the talking points, I'm sure, um, you know, is, is how, do, how do we have unity? And so much of it is going to be about attitude. And um, as well as, you know, you kind of see that verse three and verses two and three and then verse four, you know, where attitude has to meet facts and, and you have facts and you have and then you have how we how we feel and feelings and facts and they all kind of have to work to, together you know um and in order to achieve this this unity is something we we have to want to have as well as acknowledging then of course the the facts that are before us uh, as we will see in verse four one lord one faith mm-hmm. well um i was going to go ahead and uh, move us on to the next portion of of unity that paul talks about here in chapter four um, you know, those seven ones that can probably be described as the absolutes of unity. They do not change. Um, 
that those seven things that are listed, they're, they're never ending. They're never changing. Those are the absolutes of unity, but he continues on later down in verse 11. Um, he lists what I would call the agents of unity. You know, these are, um, those working to maintain that unity, as he said back in verse three, main, uh, maintaining the unity. The unity that we have as Christians isn't something that we create. It's it's created by God. We just are are the main maintainers of it. We're we're trying to keep up that that unity between each other. And verse eleven lists how that is done. It says. Um, Speaking of Christ, it says, and he gave the apostles, the teach, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And so when you read those, that's, those are gifts from, from Christ himself to maintain the unity that we have in the church. Yeah. I mean, the, the people that are preaching, the people that are teaching, the people that are living as Christians, it is our job to be peaceful, right? It's our job to spread that peace. It's our job to spread that unity. It's our job. It's our job as Christians. And if we don't do that, who will? And I think that's really just such an important part of being a Christian is understanding that it's up to us to maintain the unity. Right. Again, that kind of goes back to that verse three, right? Eager to maintain the unity. It's up to us. This isn't, you know, something that God has given us. He's given us the ability. He's given us the, the tools. He's given us the, everything that we could possibly need. But if we don't choose to do it, as Dan was saying, if we don't have that attitude of wanting to do it, then it's not going to get done. And it is up to us. So, I just, I think that's a really important thing that um, I think you did a good job of stressing that there. Yeah. And to, to Chris's point, you know, about up to us, you know, one of the ways that we can be a difference maker um, is uh, by recognizing who, who these leaders are in the congregation. Uh, Maybe we're one of them uh, or maybe we're being equipped by them. Um, there's some people call this clergy laity, but that's that that really doesn't have much biblical support. But what we do see here is that there certainly are uh, offices, positions in the congregation that 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 Jesus has given the church, you know, to to uh, to help equip and 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 help lead other members of the church. And we're so blessed, we're so thankful for that because you know I, I came to the congregation, to the Lord's Church. When I was 17, not knowing a whole lot and um, just benefited greatly uh, from good preachers and teachers and elders. Um, but, but one of the things we can do, I think an, another conversation point is, you know, talk about, talk about your preacher. Talk about the leaders in your church. Are, are they working toward unity? You know, are, are they examples of some of these things? Are they teaching these, these things that, that are talked about in Ephesians 4? you know, verse four, one, one baptism, uh, you know, one faith. Are they teaching these things? Are they teaching something different? Um, you know, those are all important things to talk about, uh, because without these cornerstones, you really can't have unity, can you? And if without mm-hmm. leaders, you can't have, without leaders or teaching these things, you really can't have unity either. Yeah. So. And I, I think, I think you bring up a really good point there about, you know, the leaders within the church and, you know, who, who has been appointed to be a leader, but I want to make sure 
that everybody understands that if you are a Christian, you are a minister, right? The, the, the title minister is simply a title. It's not anything else. And if you are, if you are a Christian, you are a minister. You are supposed to be ministering to people in the world. You're supposed to be spreading the gospel. And we cannot allow the mentality and the attitude of, oh, well, we have good elders and we have good preachers and so they can do it because they're better at it than I am. That to me is, is such a, it's a cop-out. And everybody is called to do this, right? Paul is in prison and he's writing to a church in Ephesus. He's not writing to just the elders. He's writing to the entire church in Ephesus, calling them to be better, calling them to strive for unity. And, and I think that's important for us to understand is that each individual within the Lord's church has to be striving to do this. And the leaders should be the ones spurring it on. Chris, I think that's a great point that you bring up there, um, especially because that's exactly what it says in verse 12. You know, after it lists out these um, these apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, it's not that it's their job and their job alone to maintain the unity. Instead, it's their job to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Um, it's everybody, the congregation, every Christian everywhere. Um, it's their job to maintain this unity. It's their job to uh, share the gospel. And these roles that are listed here are here to equip every Christian. So I, I just think that's a, a good point that you brought up. That's right. And, uh, you know, a sheep knows when it's getting the, the right food, you know, when it's, <laughs> when it's getting what it's supposed to be getting, you know, and, and so, uh, yeah, that, that's all <laughs> really good points. Now to, to move on just, uh, one more time, we're going to move on later on in the chapter. Um, after we've talked about the absolutes of unity, the, the agents of unity, if you will, um, uh, the last part is kind of bringing it back home to every Christian everywhere. And it's the characteristics that we should have for our unity. And um, when you read through Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through kind of the end of the chapter, verse 17 through the end of the chapter, you'll see a really clear parallel with Galatians chapter 5. You know, in Galatians 5, it talks about the works of the flesh versus works of the spirit. And Paul does the same thing, essentially, here in Ephesians chapter 4. He talks about um, this new life that we should be living, and he contrasts that with the old life that we used to live, uh, the old sinful life versus the, the new life in Christ. And he lists off characteristics that go along with that new life, and those characteristics are how we can maintain this unity in the church that that God has created for us. Um, so it's kind of back to, to really what y'all were um, pointing out there in verse two, you know, the humility, the gentleness, the patience, the bearing with one another in love. Um, those things are also reflected in the last part of this chapter four of Ephesians. Um, you know, he says to put away falsehoods, speak the truth. Um, uh, do not uh, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the, the sun go down on your anger. Um, don't give an opportunity to the devil. Um, don't steal. Um, don't let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. So you see, these are just characteristics that Paul is listing as how we maintain the unit, our unity. 
So uh, y'all want to give me your thoughts on that as well? Yeah, you know, I, I really think that we live in a society right now that chooses, and this might be getting slightly off topic, but I think it's incredibly relevant to this discussion, but live in a society where we like to blame other people for the actions of, uh, you know, ourselves or the actions of others, right? So somebody does something, well, it's not the person who did its fault. It's the person who incited them to do it or something along those lines. And really what Paul here is, is encouraging everyone to do is to look at yourself, look at what you are doing, look at your actions, look at your life because you have a responsibility to be better. You have a responsibility to be loving. You have a responsibility to be kind. You have a responsibility to be unified with the body. And if you are not unified with the body, then you are the one who is apart from the body. And I think it is so incredibly important that we just understand the importance of taking control of our own lives and taking responsibility for our own lives. And I really think that the attitude that we talked about earlier, right, these characteristics we're talking about now, it all has to do with this idea of being responsible for our own actions and ourselves. Uh, and if we don't do that, we're in trouble. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Chris. Um, I, the thing that you said that just really resounded with me um, was when you, you mentioned, you know, if you are not unified with the body, then you're apart from the body. It's each individual's responsibility to be unified to the body. Um, the unfortunate thing, uh, especially in America that we see is that um, there are people that rise up and try to splinter the body of Christ that try to um, turn it into two halves of one body, essentially. Um, and the disappointing thing about that is kind of what I said back at the beginning is that folks are only going to be unified if they have something to be unified to, if they have something that, that they can say, okay, I'm going to become this just as my neighbor has become this as well. And, that, and that's being a Christian. Um, you see, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, the, the phrase, okay, well, I'm going to love you even though I don't agree with you, or I'm going to love you and you remain on your side. I'm going to remain on my side, but we can still love one another. That unity is never really going to come because you're not changing anything of yourself. You're not uh, going back to verse two again. You're not humbling yourself. You're not, um, you know, putting others above yourself. Unity really only comes when you say, I am nothing and I'm going to put Christ first, others second, and myself last. And that's really what joy is. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. And that's, that's really where we find unity is when you, you remove everything from your life, put, put off that old life, put on this new life in Christ. And that's where you find the unity among Christians. I think you hit on such a crucial part of the discussion of unity here, which is if we trust in ourselves in our own actions and our own thoughts and our own opinions, more so than we trust in Christ, then we are not going to be unified in anything, right? If the three of us, right, if, if I bring up a topic, we could have very similar opinions, but they're going to be different opinions on any particular topic, right? Like if I mentioned football, well, two of mm -hmm. us are going to like the same team, 
but of the two of us, one of them, one of us is going to like that team more, right? The other person (laughs) here is going to not like that team and like another team. And so even amidst, uh, you know, such a simple topic, such as a sport, right? That doesn't mean anything. Our opinions are still vastly different. But when we talk about the scripture, if we are unified in thought and we are choosing to allow Christ to rule our lives and not to have our own opinions get in the way, not to have our own beliefs get in the way, right? But to believe only in Christ, that's when unity can happen because Jesus does not change. People change. People's thoughts and opinions change. I mean, you look over the last 30, 40 years from you know, your, your parents, what they used to believe as a teenager to what they believe now, or your grandparents when they were, you know, 30 to what they are now at 70, right? Beliefs and opinions and thoughts, they all change, but Jesus doesn't change. And so the only way to truly be unified is to stick your, your, your pole, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your standard, your anchor. That's a good word into something that does not change. Because if we stick our anchor and something that does change, it's going to move, it's going to sway, it's not going to hold still, it's not going to be firm. But when we put our anchor in Christ, it does not move. It is not swayed. And that way we can all be unified. We can all put our anchor in Christ. And that even brings us back to, you know, verses four through six, the absolutes of unity, the things that do not change. Um, it's that one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Those are the things that don't change. Um, you know, Chris, as you were talking, it reminded me of a, uh, another verse. And, and everything we're talking about is really what Christ was saying. And uh, I believe Matthew 5.33, seek first the kingdom of God, um, and all these things will be added to you. To seek first the kingdom of God doesn't mean to just okay, y'all also seek the kingdom of God with everything else in my life. It means number one, no exceptions. It, it's, it's no contest. When, when you seek first the kingdom of God, there shouldn't be anything else um, rivaling that in your life. Um, Dan, did you have any thoughts to go along with this? Well, I like your analogy, Chris, about the, with the, with the sports, um, you know, cause that is one of those areas where, <laughs> you know, we can very easily see how, uh, we can put our differences aside and because, you know, those, those are not foundational principle matters. And um, I know Dylan had mentioned earlier Democrats and Republicans and, you know, sadly, I think politics, there's so much that's um, it's getting kind of serious these days. And, but there was certainly a time too, where I think uh, you could probably say Democrats, Republicans, you know, we have, it's kind of a matter of indifferent, you know, indifference because the opinions now it's gotten so serious, you know, now, now we're talking about things like abortion and uh, gender roles and things like that. And, and, and that's, you know, one of the things I was going to point out in Ephesians four seventeen. it's interesting that Paul kind of says there has to be division in order to be unity. You know, there has to be this division where, uh, you know, we no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. You know, we have to divide ourselves away from this worldly man and we need to become this new man that he talks about in verse 24 because this new man uh can find unity uh with with the others with the the people of god and and it's kind of like in philippians uh four where uh 
Paul talks about it, Yodia and Syntyche. You know, we don't really know what their division was, but we do know that Paul said to them, be of one mind in the Lord. So it's not that they needed to be, you know, of one mind on, well, this is a better material for sewing than, than this material is. We, we don't really know what the situation was, but all that mattered was Paul said, you need to be one mind in the Lord. You need to have the mind of the Lord, Philippians 2. And, and when we, so when we do that, when we divide ourselves from the worldly way, you know, like Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. When we're renewed, we can find this unity. Yeah, uh, that's, that's exactly right, Dan. That's what you're saying there in verse 17. You know, you're not going to live your life like the way you were before. In order to be unified, you have to leave things behind. Um, I think that is such a hard thing to, for people to grasp because there's a, there's a lot of Christians who will say, yeah, I'll become a Christian, but they don't, they don't die to everything in their old life. They don't 100% leave everything behind. And that puts struggles. And, and that's, you know, what Chris, like Chris was saying, you know, that's, that's when you're not really unified with the body. If you, can't just leave 100% everything behind. Um, I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. I understand that. But it's definitely something that that every Christian should really focus on and should think on, especially right now, because it's so prevalent. Um, but to be unified, you have to leave everything else behind except for for your relationship with Christ. And when all of us have done that. We're unified in Christ. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. So um, that's all I got. Y'all got any closing thoughts to, to kind of wrap it up? I guess I've put the bow on it for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was good. And, and I was just going to mention one last thing I kind of saw as we were going through this is you, you see attitude, you see truth, and you see conduct, don't you? I mean, mm-hmm. it, you see all three of those things. That, and that last part is kind of what you were hitting on verse 25, how we conduct, how we live our life. And all three of those are so vital, I think, to, to, to unity, having the right attitude, having the right truth in hand, of course, and then how we live our lives. All three of those things need to meet together. And I think those are all really awesome and important talking points to, to talk about, you know, because they, they, they're all vital uh, mm-hmm. to, to unity. Yeah, I, um, I thought that was great. I, uh, I really appreciated this discussion. I, um, you know, this, this podcast, obviously, you know, we're going to post it on Friday, the, uh, uh, Friday, the eighth, and somebody may be listening to this in, in July or, or something like that. But, um, you know, just yesterday, today, today being the seventh, uh, just yesterday we had the, uh, you know, the attack on the Capitol building and I, I've been needing, a discussion about unity and, and been needing a discussion about love and kindness and hope and something to kind of lift my spirits because I've been down, you know, and I think this world has a way of bringing us down. And if we do not choose to root ourselves in something that is immovable, we are going to be tossed like a wave in the ocean. And, um, and so anyway, I, I appreciate the, uh, the topic, Dylan. I, I think it's, I think it's been good. I think it's very needed, very necessary. And um, really, I look forward to uh, to this year. Amen. So. Yeah, just like you're saying, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and thank goodness for that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this, this year at Keller, uh, for all of our folks here at Keller Church of Christ. Uh, this is just a little bit of a taste. If you get to listen to this before Sunday, the 10th, you'll, um, have a little bit of insight as far as what's coming and, um, the exciting things that are happening here at Keller. So, uh, like Chris was saying, I'm very excited for this year and what's to come and, and hopefully the, the focus that we have on unity can also reach the community as well. and can show that, Hey, in Christ, you can be one. Um, so I appreciate this discussion with y'all. Um, appreciate the, the joy and the hope that comes from it, like Chris said. So if y'all will stay tuned and uh, listen to how you can contact us, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.